boston metaphysical society a steampunk supernatural series following a team of paranormal detectives who battle supernatural forces in late 1800s boston they are samuel hunter an ex-pinkerton detective caitlin o'sullivan a medium and spirit photographer and granville t woods a genius scientist all audio stories take place during the time of the original six-issue graphic novel miniseries and are standalone. Welcome to Episode 2 of The Ghost Ship. the death of his grandson, Charles Emerson insisted Samuel and the team destroy the ghost ship. Samuel refused, but only because they were still investigating the death of a sailor. Angry and distraught, Emerson ordered the police to do it, but it backfired on them, killing and injuring dozens. Through the chaos, Caitlin was able to discover what the ghosts wanted, revenge. The question is, for what? After a day to recuperate, the team meets to figure out their next move. Those spirits be a nasty bunch. The question is, why are they doing this? They refuse to speak to me. It'd be most annoying. I measured the distance from the hull to where the explosives went off. Mm. If the explosives was triggered by the spirits, then it appears it can control physical actions from at least 50 feet. If we use the gangplank as a benchmark, then they can still kill at 20 feet. Four men are dead and dozens injured. Emerson was right about one thing. We need to destroy the source of its power. After all the missing limbs and broken bodies I patched together yesterday, I'm inclined to agree. There was so much blood, it seeped into the dock, turning it rust-colored. But what about the sailor and his kin? Don't they have a right to know why he died? Not at the expense of other people. I... I know. I just feel so for his ma and his da. And we all do. But... but what if destroying the ship makes it worse? That's something we have to try and figure out. I'll get it. Mr. Hunter, sir, this is for you. Thank you. There's a note. This is the first half of the promised payment to investigate the death of the sailor, Billy Grant. There's no signature. <sighs> and it's all in small coins and bills. Hmm. Well, that is highly unusual. Folks must have passed the hat. That's a first. Then our client is most likely a group of working men and women, Southsiders, longshoremen, and sailors. You'd be surprised, Mr. Hunter. Huh. Yes and no. It takes a certain kind of bravery to go up against the wishes of the great houses. Oh, hi. We're all just a pox to them until they need us. Well, back to work. <sighs> Then I guess it's time to do a wee bit more picture taken. 
See what I can get the spirits to reveal. If Mr. Woods would be so kind as to help me. My pleasure. But I insist that you use the new ledger I bought you to write down every step of your photo development process afterwards. I, if I must. In the meantime, I'll see if I can discover exactly who our new clients are and if they have anything to add. As Granville and Caitlin head back out to take more photos of the ghost ship, Samuel eludes the police blockade around the dock. His mission? See if he can find out who among the sailors and longshoremen hired them and why. Hey! I'm looking for Eddie O'Rourke. And what would the likes of you be wanting with him? That's between Mr. O'Rourke and myself. Mr. O'Rourke, is it now? <laughs> you must be that Pinkerton living on Emerson Dock. Ex-Pinkerton. Oh, ex-Pinkerton. Think that makes you any better? <laughs> hey, that'd be enough, Connor. Oh, whatever you say, Eddie. I must say... I'd be impressed at how fast you figured out who hired you. You aren't going to deny it? <laughs> Why? The way I see it, you work for me and mine now. Look, I respect what you're trying to do, but House Emerson wants that ship destroyed, and I won't be able to stop him. The thing about you, Hunter, is you walk between two worlds. Born here on the docks, but married to a great house. My wife is dead, Mr. O'Rourke. Aye, she is, and my condolences. But that don't change the fact that you have power the rest of us don't. I think you overestimate my reach. <laughs> Do I? The great houses listen to you, even when they don't like what you have to say. Your point, sir? You can slow them down. Make them take a step back. Use that whippersnapper girl and tinker of yours to find out what killed... To find out what killed my nephew. Uh, I didn't realize. I'm sorry. Any chance you might know where the manifests of ships this old might be kept? Maybe the harbormaster. But most likely the great house that commissioned it. Uh, that's what I thought. Do you have any idea whose ship this was, or its name? <laughs> no. That's your job. Well, if that be it, I've got work to do. Mr. O'Rourke! I'll do everything in my power to find out what killed your nephew, and why. You'll be seeing the other half of your fee by the end of the month, Mr. Hunter. While Samuel is out, Granville works on expanding the electromagnetic netting. Caitlin returns and puts away her camera and the photographic glass plates to develop later. Whew! It'd be getting hot out there, Mr. Woods. Be sure to drink some water or tea. Dehydration is serious. Dehy... what? Dehydration 
It means not drinking enough water. <laughs> I always be learning new things with you, Mr. Woods. Learning is a never-ending process. Ah, there it is. One more section of the electromagnetic netting is complete. Let's hope I have enough copper wiring to weave together one more section. Why you be making it bigger? It's plenty large enough for your Faraday cage. I strongly suspect that we may need to cover a larger surface area. In fact, I've been considering how we can cover the entire ship, uh, if it comes to that. But that would kill all the ghosts. And that's the point. I... Then we can get on board and destroy it. Ah! Oh. I never took you for a thief, Mr. Hunter. Stealing from the hard-working folk who paid us to find out who killed their kin. I... Calm down, Mrs. Sullivan. What Granville is doing is only a last resort. You've seen how dangerous that ship can be. Besides, I like our client. So, you were able to find him. Eddie O'Rourke. The sailor was his nephew. The O'Rourkes? They be an ornery bunch. <laughs> but good, honest folk. Samuel, hmm? if you'd be so kind as to lend a hand, I want to move this section of the netting over next to the Faraday cage. Of course. <sighs> I never taught to ask. Why is it called a Faraday cage? Well... It's named after the scientist, Michael Faraday. Here? No, uh, a little to the left. Uh, Faraday discovered that by insulating a room with metal foil, he could protect whatever was inside from electrical discharges. We're using this principle to keep you safe from the netting. Hmm. Would he be a clever man? Uh, yes, he was. Drop it here. Oh. The logbook is key to finding out the name of the ship and what happened. We have to get on board. We won't be getting anywhere near it with all these police standing guard. Any chance you could convince Emerson to allow Caitlin to try and board her? <laughs> I doubt it, but I'll try. Open up. Of all the... or we'll see who it is. Where's Hunter? He be in Mr. Wood's workshop. Right here, Captain. You're to come with me. Where? Mr. Emerson wants to see you. <laughs> Since when have you become a Great House messenger boy, Captain? Ah, it's always something with you, Hunter. Come along before I put you in cuffs. Uh, Mrs. Sullivan, please let Mr. Woods know that we will continue our conversation later. Oi, Mr. Hunter. Did you hear? Yes, which means we still have work to do. I believe we're done with this load of books from the library. If you'd be so kind as to return them and see if you can find any with photos of the crews or a list of crewmen. Aye. Hmm, so we'll be back to the library again. 
but I'm not bringing back more than ten books this time. Not knowing what House Emerson has in store for Samuel, Caitlin and Granville continue with the investigation. While Granville is busy enlarging the netting, Caitlin returns to the library. Curious about Jimmy and the fact she's never heard of his family, she hopes to run into the young man. No. Where be that boy, Jimmy? I could really use his help carrying these books. Oh, oh, uh, oh no! Ah! Again, Miss mm. uh, O'Sullivan. Oh, uh, Jimmy. There you be sneaking up on me again. I'm sorry I startled you. Uh, let me help. Oh, thank you. And it'd be fine to call me Caitlin. Let me um. Hmm. Let me just put these books on the table for now. Are you and the gentleman still trying to find out about the ship? Uh, uh, uh Mr. Woods? Aye. Uh, but I'm... Mm, I'm tasked to find books with, uh, pictures of the crew and the like now. Mm, I'm not sure how much help I can be. <laughs> they haven't spent much time teaching me about where all the different books are kept. But isn't... Oh! Oh, my head. Oh, there be that terrible pain again. Oh, please. Sit. Thank you. Mm. It'd be so odd that it happened again and right here in almost the same place. Oh, let me get you some water. No. I'll be fine. Oh, please. I'd feel a mite better if you drink something. All right. Mmm. Here. Mm. Oh, I, I be a bit better. <laughs> Thank you. I see they've uh, let you out of your sailor's uniform. <laughs> I, back to work in man clothes again. I thought he'd be wearing something fancier. <clears throat> mm, oh, uh, sometimes they have me cleaning in the uh, the archives. Bet it gets dusty in there. Aye, it does. Very dusty. <clears throat> you never did tell me if you have kin here, since there be no McLarens in the south side that I know of. Ma told me we once had kin in Boston, but that be a long time ago. Most of my family come from Baltimore now. Or used to. Used to? Ma died a few months back, and my brother's... Well, they didn't want nothing to do with me. I'm sorry. I lost me dad not too long ago. Uh, where do you... What? What are the devil? Can you see down the hall? It looks like an entire bookcase fell off the wall. Uh, Jimmy! Uh... Jimmy? Now, where did he go? Well, he be a strange one. <sighs> At least my head feels better. 
Oh no, look at the time. I bested back with this new load of books. Hope it makes Mr. Woods happy. Caitlin's brief conversation with Jimmy has left her even more curious about the boy and his odd behavior, but needs to leave those musings for another time. Samuel, meanwhile, has had to deal with the police captain's constant sniping all the way to House Emerson, making him wish he had been arrested so he could ride in the paddy wagon instead of the carriage. I brought you, Mr. Hunter, like you requested, Mr. Emerson. Sir. That will be all. <clears throat> Mind your manners, Hunter. I always do, Captain. A message would have been sufficient. I wanted you to understand the gravity of the situation. Oh, I do. Then why won't you help me destroy that ship? I've already lost one grandchild. I don't want to lose another. As I said before, I have an obligation to my client. To hell with your integrity, Hunter! The only client worthy of your attention is me or any other great house. I politely disagree. You realize that the only reason you still have a business is because your father-in-law is Jonathan Weldsmore. I don't think he cares one way or the other. But since I'm here, how long has House Emerson been commissioning House Weldsmore to build ships for them? Oh, how dare you? Why would I answer any of your questions? Humor me. Why does it matter? Oh, fine. For over 80 years, they are building two more for me now. Does that help with your little investigation? Why are we meeting in the parlor and not in your study? Oh, what are you talking about? It's an odd venue for a meeting of this nature. Your study would have been more appropriate. What's odd is you asking such a ridiculous question. I'll decide where we meet, not you. Now, will you or will you not help me destroy that ship? No. Or at least, not yet. What is that supposed to mean? Grandpa! Oh. Grandpa! Lizzie, don't hug your grandpa quite so tight. Now, what are you doing in here? Why aren't you napping? And where is your nanny? I looked everywhere for you. When you weren't in your study, I got scared. Oh, no need for you to be frightened, sweet pea. You found me. Timmy isn't coming back, is he? What? Who told you that? Was it your nanny? I asked her, but she wouldn't tell me. Then who told you? I promise not to say. Lizzie, sweet pea, it's all right. 
if you tell me. You won't get mad? I promise. Now, tell me, who told you? The boy did. Wait, what boy? Answer Mr. Hunter, Lizzie. What boy? The one who came to tell me a bedtime story last night. What was his name? I don't know. He didn't tell me. Can you remember exactly what he told you? Grandpa, he's scaring me. It's all right, sweetheart. Tell him what the boy said. It was a story about sailors who got lost at sea. They were scared they'd never come home. But when they did, they were angry. Did he... Did he say why they were angry? No. But he told me I should stay in the house and not go out unless he came and got me. That it was really important. And then he left. Why didn't you tell anyone about this boy, Lizzie? I told Nanny, but she said I must have been dreaming. I'm so sorry, Miss Hermison. I thought she was asleep. Take her upstairs, please. Uh, Lizzie, you, you need to let go of my neck. I'll be up a little later. Okay. Come along, Lizzie. Uh, Nanny Blake. Yes, sir. After you have her settled in, pack your things and see the house manager for your wages. I want you out of the house by morning. As you wish, sir. I understood why you felt you had to let her go, but it might not be her fault if the boy was a ghost. Nonsense. She failed to do her job. Allow me to bring in Mrs. Sullivan to be sure. No. Uh, no, I will not have that woman in my home. Now go, unless you've changed your mind about helping me destroy that ship. I haven't. My footman will call you a carriage. On the way back from House Emerson to his office, Samuel considers the possibility that Lizzie might be a medium and the boy a ghost. It wouldn't be the first time a great house had a medium like his wife Elizabeth, though they would hide it at every opportunity. However, he also had to consider that someone had infiltrated House Emerson to warn them that Lizzie might be the next victim. If that were the case, he needed to find out who it was and what they knew about the ghost ship. Thank you. Mr. Hunter. Oh. Could you be taking some of these books, please? Of course. Any luck at the library? I found a few books with old pictures of sailors for whatever good that will do us. Well, it's something. Wait, let me get the door. What was all the fuss at House Emerson? He's afraid for his granddaughter. Huh. Apparently, she either saw a ghost or someone broke in to warn her to stay home. 
Do you want me to go and check? No. I offered, but he refused. <laughs> then there's nothing to be done. I disagree. Oh, no. No? Don't you be thinking about destroying that ship? If we don't do our job, the O'Rourke's and every other family on these docks will never have peace of mind. I... I understand, but... You know, Emerson'll just be throwing good men at that ship to die. And for what? He can send the girl away, but no. <laughs> like all the great houses, they only care about their own. <clears throat> Miss O'Sullivan. <sighs> I've no doubt that Samuel is considering every angle in a constantly fluid situation. So what you're saying is he can't make up his mind? Hmm? That's the gist of it. Now wait a minute. Oh, you men. <sighs> Fine. There'll be more ship pictures for me to develop. I'll be in the darkroom, minding me own business. That wasn't terribly helpful. The problem is, you're both right. House Emerson will keep sacrificing Middle District and South Side of men until they destroy that ship, regardless of the cost in lives. But how can we allow a little girl to die for reasons we have yet to understand? The situation is heartbreaking for everyone involved. We have to stop both from happening. I concur, which is why I've been working on something, or rather an idea, in case we do have to destroy the ship. Show me. As you can see, I've been constructing more electromagnetic netting, but it's not enough. For what? To cover the ship. <laughs> How? By modifying a cannon and shooting it across? There's an easier way. Airships. Drop it from above. Good idea. Just telling Emerson we have a plan will stall him while we try to get on board to find the logbook. I can send the message to Warwick Airship Design. They always have a few prototypes they want to test for something. Though I hope it doesn't come to that. Anything else? Yes. We need more money for copper wiring and insulation. I'll get it. In the meantime, I'll inspect the ship again, see if I missed any clue about its origin. And give Miss O'Sullivan time to cool off. Uh, yes. That too. And... Thank you, Granville, for trying to keep the peace. My pleasure, as always. Now, let's see what Miss O'Sullivan is up to. Miss O'Sullivan, is it safe to enter? As long as you be alone. Oi. Sorry to be such a holy Joe. But Mr. Hunter gets me so angry sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure the feeling is mutual. But he has a more difficult path than we do. How's that? He's never quite sure where he belongs, I think. And we are? My kin fear me, yet can't live without me. And I'm guessing yours feel the same or close to it. Mine don't fear me but they don't quite understand why I do what I do. You mean working with the likes of Mr. Hunter and me? <laughs> you are quite insightful for one so young, Miss O'Sullivan. 
Look at that. I captured more spirits on the deck. Now, where's that notebook? Right. It'd be 4.35 in the afternoon that spirit images appear. I'll keep an eye on the clock. The images be even sharper than before. Must be that added pinch of sea salt. Be sure to mark that down. Oi. Oh. Oh my. Oh, I don't believe it. What is it? See that spirit there right next to the forward hatch? Yes. He be. A dead ringer for the boy in the library. Jimmy McLaren. End of episode two. Stay tuned for episode three of The Ghost Ship. Thank you for listening to Boston Metaphysical Society, The Ghost Ship. This production was created, written, and produced by Madeline Holly-Rosing. Script editor, Eddie Louise. Composer, director, and audio engineer, Chip Michael. Executive producers, Madeline Holly-Rosing and Michael Hemrick. Our cast, Samuel Hunter, played by Ryan Philbrook. Caitlin O'Sullivan, played by Emily C.A. Snyder. Granville T. Woods, played by Martin Davis. Charles Emerson, played by Boyd Barrett. Jimmy McLaren, played by Ryan Hoyle. Thomas Edison, played by H.B. Gibson. Harbormaster, played by Rob Davis. Eddie O'Rourke, played by David Tilstra. Police Captain, played by Odd Andrews. Longshoreman, played by Ryan Hoyle. Lizzie, played by Bennett Cousins. Policeman, Footman, Jailer, and Sergeant, played by Alex Ross. Nanny and Angry Woman, played by Fiona Thrale. Messenger, played by Tal Manier. Narrated by Kirsten Udowitz. I am Chip Michael, your announcer. Thank you again for listening. Please look for future seasons of Boston Metaphysical Society on Kickstarter and streaming platforms. Boston Metaphysical Society is a registered trademark of Madeline Holly Rosing and is operated under Queen of Mercia, LLC. 